Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about getting out of our own way. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Cassandra Crawley Mayo. Cassandra is a mentor, advisor, speaker, and the author of Is Your Way in Your Way? You can learn more about Cassandra at her website, CassandraCrawley.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Cassandra. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. I am so glad to be here. Thank you so much, Linda, for having me. And thank you for what you are doing as you try to help people pivot away from self-sabotage into a life that is filled with purpose and fulfillment and joy and helping us to get out of our way. I would love to hear your story and why this became your passion. Well, this is my story because this is my story. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I've worked in corporate America for 30 plus years and I was enjoying what I was doing. And then, you know, later on in my career, even mentoring other women and men and just having a blast. And then later on in my career, I felt stuck. I started feeling unfulfilled. I was uh, self-sabotaging myself. I had an imposter syndrome. I was just really, really struggling. And I was unhappy. And I um, I, and I, I just, I, I could not go on any longer. And probably about 15 years prior to that, I felt a nudge from God telling me to write a book. And I said, a book? I mean, who am I to write a book? And that gnawed at me for all of those years. And I found out because I obviously I wasn't obedient to what he had asked. I, I, I thought about it and thought about it year after year. I even told a few people that I was going to write a book. And then COVID hit. Mm. And in 2020, all of a sudden, I started writing a book. Now, let me go back a little bit. All of that unfulfilledness and stuckness, during that period of time, I did a little research. And there was a hospice nurse by the name of Bonnie Ware. And Bonnie Ware talked about the five top things dying people regret. And I was like, wow. And two of the things that really struck me, number one, while people were dying, they were saying they regretted not being their true self. Mm. And then there was another group that kept talking about, I just wish I was happy and was doing what I wanted to do, not what everyone else wanted me to do. And that was so striking for me. So during the time when I was feeling unfulfilled, I was burnt out from working. I, as you indicated, the, the, my self-imposed barriers, I made a decision that I was going to leave corporate America. And because of my burnout and I started feeling depressed and I just was not feeling like myself and it was hindering my growth. And I believe as long as we're here, we're to be doing something that's fulfilling. And I was not being fulfilled. And I looked back on that and made a decision because I always had goals. I always made goals. And I recall back in my 20s, I said, when I am 55 years old, I'm going to retire. And and I happened to be 55. So what I did was I retired. And during that retirement, I started reflecting over my life. And that's when I decided that I was stuck because, number one, I didn't think I was being obedient. 
I was not doing what I believe God called me to do. Now, let me go back a little bit again. During my career, I was the only African-American female in corporate positions. Um, I was naive initially because I, all I wanted to do was do a great job. But I believe that too put an added pressure on me, which I wasn't quite aware in the beginning of my career. So always trying to prove that I could do this and I could do that. And by the grace of God, I did well. So I was thankful for that. But I just decided in 2020, what I wanted to do was support, empower women. And some of the men said, I could use this book, but I wanted to empower women to do uh, what I'm calling, um, well, my subtitle is a self-discovery guide for women on how to restore your life, learn from your experiences, and be your true self again. So all of that was the beginning of my book because I was in my way the entire time. And once you get out of your way, then I saw that there was a purpose. Life was more meaningful. I was no longer unfulfilled. I was no longer stuck. Um, I no longer had imposter syndrome. Now, I'm not saying I'm still not a work in process. I always will be that. But I'm in a different and totally different spot in my life. And I'm so grateful. That is amazing. And you know, I would... I'm curious how you were able to recognize that this was self-imposed because most people would, would be in a situation and recognize, I'm not feeling fulfilled. Um, I don't feel like I'm progressing. I feel like I'm stuck, yes. but very few people then make a connection that I actually have something to do with where I am and how I feel. And if I have something to do with where I am and how I feel, then that means I have the power to do something about it and to change it. So how did you recognize? I mean, when we talk about things like self-imposed boundaries and and self-sabotage, most people don't recognize that. It takes um, being self-aware to be able to make that connection that we are actually using part of our power to hold ourselves back. And here you are feeling like, man, I am this, you're a representative of beautiful, wonderful African-American women of being successful. And, And so you felt, I mean, you knew you were rising and growing and achieving and becoming. And yet part of you still was feeling like, well, I got to hold myself down a little bit because I might be a little too awesome here or something. (laughs) That's correct. That's correct. I did a lot of self-reflection. And was curious. I'm a very curious person. What is wrong with me? And throughout my career, I relocated a lot. And I was very glad because I said, oh, wow, this gives me an opportunity to start my life over again. If I go to a new place, I don't know anybody. And everywhere I went, so I was the common denominator. And I was (laughs) feeling kind of the same way. You know, I was like, why, why, why? Am I trying to be Miss Perfection? What is that all about? Why am I not being myself? Why would I put on a figurative mask? Because I did not want to expose certain things about myself. Or or why? Because I embarked upon a lot of racism and inequality. I, I was somewhat quiet, you know, because I didn't want to tilt the boat. I didn't want to lose my job. I, I I wanted to speak with 
professionalism. I felt like I had to be wear this black and white suit. I felt that I had to speak a certain way. I felt that um, when I presented, I had to look like this. I had to dress like this. And and so I was like, what? What? why am I doing this? And what I recognized because of the self-reflection and me understanding that everything that I needed, everything that I wanted was inside of me. And what did I need to do to get it out of me? So I cried out to God. I said, help me, please, because I can't do this by myself. And one of the things he had me to do, and I even placed this in my book, revisit your childhood. And that's what I did. And I learned so much about Cassandra looking at my childhood. For example, my mom was a very critical woman. Mm. She loved me Dearly, I knew that. But why do you look? She would say, why are you wearing that? Why is your hair like this? Why is this? And I just didn't feel that I I met her standards. And what I found out is I wanted to be right. You know, so if I went to my mom, I want to make sure my hair was combed. You know, I looked nice. You know, I even wanted her to commend me for how I looked and things that I did. And I realized later on in my career, I was trying to be perfect. You know, and that was hindering me and that was self-imposed because of how I grew up. So that's kind of how I recognize. And I also went to therapy. Nothing's wrong with going to therapy. And I realized that what I'm running from, I can't run from because I'm going with it everywhere that I go. So that's how I realized it, because it was like stinking thinking. Why? Am I feeling this way? What's wrong with me? You know, wanting to, um, I also, another thing that I, I, I placed in my book, there was a time in my life where I questioned whether there was a God. And I, I'm a little skittish about saying that, but that's my reality because of the things that I was going through, how I was feeling. I felt I was doing the right things, going to church, reading the Bible, going to Sunday school. But I had to question that until I had an encounter. And once I had that encounter, I never in my entire life questioned whether he was real or not. So that's how I found out, because if there's an uneasiness, the only help that I could get was call on him. And he opened doors and revealed certain things about myself. And he did it in such a gentle manner because I was open to find out what my issues were. Isn't that lovely? So you were not only self-reflective, which you did beautifully, and inviting that outside help, which I think is very wise. I think it's wise to gather a group of help, whether that be a friend or a counselor or someone, that we don't have to do this by ourselves. So you're working yourself, you're including outside, and then you brought in God as another person to be on your team and to help. And how brave and how humble that is to be able to say, okay, can you show me what I am doing wrong so that I can fix it. That takes some humility and how beautiful because when we are in that place, then we are teachable and then we can change and make those wonderful corrections where it's not God condemning you. Oh, you did a bad job. It's him saying, I would love to help you feel happy. I would love for you to feel fulfilled 
because I love you. Cassandra, I love you and I want you to be happy. And so making these changes is not about any kind of condemnation. It's really about love and about making that transformation is makes us happier and makes us better. And I think that's important to recognize when we're going through this, because I can imagine some people listening thinking, well, I don't want anybody telling me that I'm doing anything wrong. I don't want this person. I don't want God. I don't want my mom. I don't want anyone telling me to do anything. Just, just, just give, blow me kisses and tell me that I'm perfect and wonderful the way that I am now. And there's a mixture. We, we love to say you have worth, you have value, you are good enough right now. But that doesn't mean that there isn't room to grow, right? And it doesn't mean we're perfect. In fact, I'm never going to be perfect. And as soon as we let that one go and just be, all of a sudden life is a whole lot more joyful. Yes, it is. And you know, it's interesting because the magic begins, and I call it magic, when we get out of our comfort zone and open to the possibilities with the help and grace and mercy of God. That is lovely. But that takes some courage to get out of your comfort zone and into a growth zone. That's not easy to do. Well, for some people it is, but depends on where you're starting from. Yes, yes. And it took me a while to to do that. But when you get to a point in your life that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I was, I I am on a, it's kind of like I'm on a mission to help empower women to thrive, not just survive. We are here for a reason. We have so much to give. Everybody here has something that they're ordained to do. And I just want to encourage them to do that and be open. And that's the key, be open and to the possibilities. And you talk about faith. Oh my gosh. You know, even then I say, I used to, you know, that there's a Jabez, like, enlarge my territory. Like, I don't want to do that because I don't know what you're going to do. But when you get to that point where you feel like you're on edge, I'm like, life has to be more than this. It kind of reminds me of um, the um, the movie with uh, Dupree and the shark, Shark Shank Redemption. I don't know if anyone's seen that. Some of your audience members perhaps have, but that was a mantra because they were both in prison. And he said, either we're going to get busy living or we're going to get busy dying. Mm. So I chose to get busy living. Well done. That's my choice. I'm so proud of you. So let's talk about some of these how to do things. And you mentioned the word imposter syndrome. Could you kind of explain to me and to our listeners what you mean by that? And then how do we get out of it? Well, um, my imposter syndrome was, I'm not good enough, or who's going to read my book, or questioning my skill set, questioning my credibility. Um, I can recall some times when I had to do, I had to do presentations a lot. And early in my career, it was, it was, I was okay with it. But later on, I had anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. They're going to look at me and I'm not going to say this. I'm just questioning my value. And that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know, I, I people would say that I mentor 
like, wow, Cassandra, I wish I could be like you. And I was like, no, you don't. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I say, please stay in your shoes because you don't know what we've been through to get to where we are. So what I did in, in order to kind of to get out of imposter syndrome, this is my story, is I would read the scriptures from the Bible. And I would have to post them on my wall. You're wonderfully made. You know, um, you're more than a conqueror. Um, you know, whatever you do, you do it heartily to God, not to man. You know, so I had to change my mindset. And whatever it takes for me to do that, I would stick them on my wall. And when I would go in the bathroom, I would read them. And I would read them. And also what was critical is the people that you associate with. You know, uh, it's also says that my mom used to say association brings about assimilation. So if you're surrounded by individuals that don't, um, I would say not applaud you, but um, enhance you or encourage you, not not perpetrating you, but just being truthful. That's very important because there are so many people that we're around that do not want you to succeed. They love it when you're down. They they seem to bask in it like, oh, wow, you know, I'm so glad because they're jealous. You know, so when when you're open and you ask for the help, you will have a spirit, what I call discernment, and it will be revealed to you, you know, that somebody's always condescending when they call you or when they talk to you. They all talk about bad news. So I had to just watch my surroundings. I had to post scriptures that that were telling the truth about me, that all things work together for good, according to those who love the Lord. And I'm like, OK. And my one of my other ones was um, the, the, the um, God comes, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. And God comes to give you abundant life. And I was like, well, I'm not having an abundant life, Lord. I mean, what's going on here? So he would continue to just show me certain things, which I would call epiphanies or I would call a God wink. You know, something would happen in my life. I'm like, oh, it's I, I know. I know that's God. So what I also did, and I think is helpful, is I have a personal board of directors. You know, companies have board of directors. You know, they, they're they there for the best interest of the company. But what about the best interest of us? So another, I'll give you a few examples of who's on my board. I have a mentor. I have a financial advisor. I have a spiritual partner. I have a buddy that keeps it real. You know, somebody just tells me like it is, you know, that's fun. And I have a friend that's an attorney. So I have people in my circle that I know have my best interest and vice versa. And they're encouraging. I have a, a girlfriend that's a CEO of an organization, you know, things like that to, you know, to, to enhance you. And I used to always say, my, my grandfather was a minister and he used to always say, if you show me your checkbook, I can show you, I can show you who who you who you are adoring and who you're admiring. You know, if you're spending your money on clothes and all that superficial things, are you spending anything to invest in yourself? What about yourself? You know, so those are a few of the things that I've done to mitigate imposter syndrome, so to speak. That is fantastic. And like we mentioned earlier, as you're gathering your personal board. This group of people who are helping you to become really your best self. And I've heard it said that, you know, sometimes we talk about hanging out with like-minded people. And he says, that's, that's fine. But what we yeah. want to do is hang out with growth-minded people. So like you said, when you have some people that 
You may be thinking the same on some things, but they're not building you. They're not helping you. They're not helping you to grow. If you have association with people who are pulling you down, you know, we get to choose our friends and we get to choose our associates. We don't get to choose our family, but we do get to choose how much time we hang out with them. But we, but we can, like you said, um, and like your mom said, the people that we associate with, we, we end up becoming like them. So that matters. Now I was interested. I'm still pondering the term of imposter syndrome. To me, an imposter is someone who is pretending to be something that they are not. And as I was listening to your description of what imposter syndrome felt like to you, you know, I'm not good enough, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. And then you mentioned when you were reading those scriptures that you have in the wall, that that was telling you the truth. So does imposter mean to you that that these, these voices, this whatever story that's going on in your head, that you somehow know isn't true is that am i getting closer yeah like let me give you um another example when i was working in the latter part of my career i was so unhappy i was stuck you know all those um characteristics i was sharing and so i was perpetrating that i was uh bubbly happy Um, corporate, doing phenomenal, doing well, but internally, I was not. Now, to me, that feels like imposter syndrome. To me, that word matches that description, where I am going to appear to be all put together. I am going to appear to be uh, very confident and capable and whatever, but inside, I am hurting. Inside, I am feel stuck. Inside, I feel, okay, all right, all right. Because I I thought that's what it meant. And then as you were describing it, I thought, maybe I'm not understanding what you're meaning by your words. You know, it's interesting. We, uh, I have a beautiful, wonderful friend who was raised in England, and she immigrated to the United States. And she said, uh, Americans and English are separated by a common language. We use the same word to mean different things. And I don't think that's just about, you know, between one country and another. It's from person to person where we say exactly. something and the person hears something and we mean this and they mean that. And we didn't actually, <laughs> we didn't actually that's communicate. Right. So thank that's you right. so much for helping me to understand and sure. clarify that. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So what we want to be is genuine. We want to be authentic. We want to be uh, what what people see and what we are, are the same. And I think that brings joy. Yes. Yes. And I like the word joy because, you know, a lot of, you know, people say, if I get this, I'm going to be happy. If I get married, I'm going to be happy. If I get this house, I'm going to be happy. And I see happy as being a happiness, a happening. Mm. What I'm looking for is joy. You know, that peace that can surpass all my understanding. I'm looking for something that no one can take away from me. Somebody can take the home away from me. Somebody could take the house away from me. Just like a, a husband, somebody can take that away. But just with that internal, that joy, you know, it's good to what I call being in a good place. You know, and that why I liked your podcast about, you know, about the joy. 
you know, because that's that's what it's about. It's not about being happy. It's about fulfilled enjoyment. Isn't that lovely? And as I'm listening to you, and it sounds like the distinction in your mind between using the words happiness and joy is that joy comes from the inside out and happiness comes from the outside in. And different people are going to use these words differently, but we'll stick with the definition that you're using to help make this distinction for our conversation. But I agree with you 100% that people feel like, I will be happy when. And we, we assume that if somebody has a nice house or nice car or nice clothes or some measure of success, say they've got a lot of friends and followers on their Facebook or whatever, then they must be happy because they have those outside circumstances that we think bring happiness. Yes. And yet, you know that that doesn't actually work. That's actually matches more of your imposter syndrome of where what's yeah. on the outside doesn't match what's on the inside. That's right. True happiness comes from the inside out. And the cool thing about that is that means we can be joyful in any circumstance. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I loved it when you talked about authenticity, how critical being authentic is. And that's, that's kind of, you know, um, that's something that I think that a lot of people have problems with because they're afraid or have a fear that if I say it like this, if I do like this, they won't like me or I want to fit in. So I can't, I can't do that. But yet being authentic brings a whole new element in your life. And when you are, people can sense it and you draw them into you because I know when someone's not authentic, you know, that's just something that, that I'm aware of, you know, or I, I love using the word perpetrating um, because they're not being real. And it's just difficulty, difficult for me being in corporate positions, dealing with corporate executives and knowing and seeing that, no, 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 you're not being authentic. You're just saying this because you think that's what we want to hear. But really, that's 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 not who you are. You know, so you want to be in a position and, and relationships are critical, too, so that you can share your voice with them in a very professional manner. It's not what you say is how you say things. And even who you are, who you exactly. are says something. And as you're talking about how we try to, to do or look or say something so that people will like us, then they don't like the real us. They like that imposter. And then yes. we're never going to really feel comfortable and be able to enjoy this relationship because maybe they don't like who we really are. But if I am who I really am, if I am authentically me, then the people that I attract it's not stressful because I don't have to pretend to be something for them to like me. I can just be. And man, that takes a lot less effort than yeah. to try to be, because I can't help but be, and have this mask, this, this imposter that I'm trying to carry. And I know that they genuinely care about me. And that, I, I think, is so much more meaningful. Yes, I, I definitely agree. And that's, you know, it, it's like you've read my book 
And I, you know, and I, and I talk about what are the things that are in our way because we're not being authentic. You know, we are conditioned based on society and how we grew up and our relationships and our experiences. But if we get out of our way, that's where I say the magic will begin. And in the book, it's kind of like what I did was I wrote love letters to women. And every chapter says, dear women, or, or dear women who questions whether there's a God, dear women who have esteem battles, you know, or dear women who who um, are in a good place, or dear women who are trying to figure out their purpose. You know, so I kind of talk about that and what you can do to get out of your way of that so things can start evolving in your life. And that is the magic. Can you give us just one or two pointers how to get out of our way? As I'm listening to you describe the chapters, um, as I read this title of the chapter, it gives, it almost forces me to do a little bit of self-reflection of of self-awareness, like, am I a person who doesn't feel this way? Am I? Oh, I guess I am. Yep, that's me. You nailed it. And that, I, I mean, whether I was ready to admit that or not, now I have to face the truth that that is something that maybe I need to work on. So wonderful. All right. Help me get out of my way. If I'm in my way, what can I do? Okay. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, in the book, there's a chapter that talks to dear women who have suffered with scars and resentment. Okay. There could be certain things that happen in our childhood or as we get older and we can't let it go and it's hindering us. And when we don't let things go and we don't forgive, not that it only shows up on the inside, but it shows up on the outside. And what I mean by that, you will notice people that perhaps are your age, but they look 20 years older because of the wound that's inside of them. So one of the things that I say is recognize if there's anything that has occurred in your life that's disturbing, that you think about a lot, that 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 you keep reminiscing on, or you're seeing it in your own life or examples, then I say acknowledge it and get help for it. You know, don't try to hide it because you're hurting yourself. So that's one way that I talked about getting out of your way, because when you when you hold that stuff, that's when you get physical illness. That's when you have heart attacks. That's when you when you have um, high blood pressure. And there's a study that talked about 80 percent of the people. These are people that go to the doctor. They're usually what's wrong with them is stress Mm -hmm. and stress causes other things. So admit it. I mean, every time I went to the doctor, he said I was stressed and I got, what do you mean I'm stressed? No, I'm not. This is just life. Once you confess what it is that's wrong with you, then you seek the help. That way you get out of your way because we hold everything in because we want people to think we are a, this, a, what they call it, in a bag of chips or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So that's one way of getting out of your way is just acknowledging what's going on with you. And like you indicated before, your circle of, of, of influence, you know who to share things with. You know, you don't share your whole life with everybody. Be selective in what you share because they could be your resource to get to another resource to give you the help that you need. That is beautiful. What beautiful advice. Let's not run from the past. Let's acknowledge it 
and get some help. And isn't that empowering? And how reassuring that to know that it's okay to do that and that we don't have to do it alone. Again, I think that sometimes we people run from things because it's like, I don't want to face that. And if we know that we have some help and we don't have to face it alone, then we can have some more, some more courage. And, oh, thank you. I I love this. I love what you're saying. I love what you're doing. I love who you are. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you for visiting with me today. Sure. Thanks for having me. It has been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by psychologist and personal growth expert Gay Hendricks. He said, Each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Today, I invite you to raise your inner thermostat setting and allow yourself to feel more love, success, and joy in your life. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thank you.